The battle is being waged for the souls of men. Satan has successfully muddied the waters and muddled the lines. The prophet speaks of a famine for the bread of life, and it is surely here. Amos chapter 8, verses 11 through 14. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east, and they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. In that day shall the fair virgins and young men faint for thirst. They that swear by the sin of Samaria, and say, Thy God, O Dan, liveth, and the manner of Beersheba liveth, even they shall fall, and never rise up again. The religious ranks have fully rejected the absolutes of God's holy bread, His holy word. They have replaced the unquestionable resolve of it is written with the consensus of the theologians say, etc., etc. The battle began in the Garden of Eden when the second voice, Satan's, spoke, and that voice was chosen over God's. God said, man said, is fully surrendered to the first voice. We will not knowingly add or subtract to God's inerrant truth. On this website, we will prove beyond any reasonable doubt that the words of God found in the majority text authorized King James Version are in fact the words of the living God, and thus we will prove his existence. Students of the scriptures know that God and his word are synonymous. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. We will prove him spiritually, rationally, and in every academic discipline. God is truth. John seventeen seventeen, The very nature of truth is that truth has zero tolerance for all other contrary positions. 2 plus 2 cannot equal 3.999, no matter how well-meaning the presenter. God is truth, and truth never changes. Have you yet to surrender your life to the God of the absolute? Would you like real answers to life's questions? Would you like to be born into the house of God today? Click on the Further with Jesus and make that beautiful and marvelous decision now. Concerning something as important as your eternal soul, the absolute truth is imperative. What if, but if, and maybe just won't do. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 17, verses 10 through 14, This is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man-child in your generations, he that is born in the house or bought with the money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed. He that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man-child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. Man said circumcision has no real value. In 1971, the prestigious American Academy of Pediatrics said, Circumcision may have some religious reason, but it delivers no medical benefit whatsoever. Up until that time, male circumcision was routine in America. Now the record. This is the beginning of the seventh year that God said, man said, has been on the World Wide Web. Since the website's inception, by the grace of God, we have published over 300 feature articles that establish the full and supernatural veracity of the Word of God. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, we grow by one new subject. 
All of these subjects are presented in audio and typewritten text. You can access them all by clicking on the various proof categories on the navigation bar on your left. Introduction, archaeology, prophecy, God said, man said, the record, the historicity of Jesus Christ, and the weekly webcast. Thank you for coming today. The opposition to the God of creation and his written word is incessant. In order for Satan to succeed in blinding the eyes of the souls of men, this opposition is crucial and central. Regardless of how ridiculous the position of Satan's opposition, he must take it. Whether it's the foolishness of evolution along with its ever-changing dogma, or religious cults and sects, or his opposition to a multitude of glaring truths, etc., he must oppose. This concept is quite obvious in regard to the issue of male circumcision. At God Said, Man Said's beginning, we never thought we would be writing the fourth article on this subject. We were mildly surprised that there are organizations whose purpose is to contradict the God-given commandment of male circumcision. Adherents to the scriptures know that God's commandments deliver very real physical as well as spiritual benefits. But just as the Old Testament blood sacrifice, Passover celebration, Sabbath observation, dietary laws, etc., which were all shadows of the coming Messiah, were fulfilled in Christ, so has the godly dictum of circumcision also been fulfilled. The following nine verses in the New Testament concern the principles of fulfillment. For more information on the concept of fulfillment, click on to a matter of law. It must be noted that the supernatural benefits of Christ's fulfillment of the law are not relevant to the vast, vast majority of the world in its unregenerated state, and for them, adherence to the commandments is physically critical. The physical benefits of male circumcision are monumental. The following email came from C.J. I am concerned that your organization is spreading false information on circumcision. Your site does not mention the countless physicians and cancer organizations, including the American Cancer Society, which officially stated in February 1996 in a letter to the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Cancer Society does not consider routine circumcision to be a valid or effective measure to prevent such genital cancers. Research suggesting a pattern in the circumcision status of partners of women with cervical cancer is methodologically flawed and outdated and has not been taken seriously in the medical community for decades. I do not think that it is fair that certain research gets picked to prove your point when there is much more research that proves that the health benefits of circumcision do not outweigh the benefits of being uncircumcised. Sincerely, C.J. C.J.'s challenge came to just the right time. We were preparing to publish a new spate of male circumcision endorsements from the medical field published in the past year, even in the past 30 days, which will also address the emailer's concern about God said, man said's alleged spreading of false information. C.J. must be aware that the American Cancer Society excuse me, is not the be-all and end-all concerning the subject of cancer, but because C.J. reveres their status, we will use this data to support the previous God Said, Man Said articles concerning circumcision. C.J. attempts to discredit two of the many benefits of circumcision listed on this website. His first challenge was sparked by the following statement published in the God Said, Man Said article titled Circumcision. It reads, In 50,000 penal cancer cases recorded in the United States, 49,990 were among uncircumcised men. 
Only 10 of those cancer victims were circumcised. 10,000 of the 50,000 penal cancer patients died as a result of the disease, end of quote. In a 1998 news article on the ACS, that stands for American Cancer Society website, in an effort to distance themselves from the penal and cervical cancer debate, the following paragraph was penned. Statements about circumcision preventing penal cancer and cervical cancer are cropping up on the Internet. A two-year-old letter being circulated on the net discussing scientific evidence regarding penal cancer and its relationship to circumcision is personal correspondence reflecting the observations of two former ACS physician staff members. The American Cancer Society does not have a formal guideline statement on circumcision, end of quote. The same American Cancer Society published the following excerpts in May of 2006 titled, What are the Risk Factors for Penal Cancer? In men who are not circumcised and therefore have an intact foreskin, secretions can build up underneath. This can worsen with improper cleaning. Sometimes the foreskin becomes constricted and difficult to retract. This condition is known as phimosis. Oily secretions from the skin, dead skin cells, and bacteria accumulate under the foreskin. The result is a thick, sometimes odorous substance called smegma. Circumcision is the removal of a part of all the foreskin at birth or later on in life. In the United States, men who are circumcised in childhood have a lower rate of penal cancer. It's not known whether this is due to the absence of the foreskin or other lifestyle factors. Recent studies have found that circumcised men are less likely to be infected with HPV, human papillomavirus, even after this risk is adjusted for differences in sexual behavior. Other studies suggest that circumcision may reduce the risk of more invasive forms of penile cancer. A recent study reported that uncircumcised men who had phimosis in the past were at increased risk of developing penile cancer, end quote. As mentioned above, a buildup of secretions can occur under the foreskin of the uncircumcised male as well as dead skin cells, oily secretions, and bacteria which can lead to penile cancer. The following tell-all sentence is found in the 2006 ACS News article titled, Can Penile Cancer Be Prevented? It reads, Perhaps the most important factor in preventing penile cancer in uncircumcised men is good genital hygiene, end of quote. Of course, this problem does not incur, does not occur, excuse me, in circumcised males. CJ's second challenge concerned the following God said, man said statement. The circumcision issue also affects the female. Studies have documented higher rates of cervical cancer and women who have had one or more uncircumcised partners, end of quote. CJ said, research suggesting a pattern in the circumcision status of partners of women with cervical cancer is methodologically flawed and has not been taken seriously in the medical community for decades. CJ must have missed the 2002 article published by the American Cancer Society concerning cancer of the cervix, The article's title is, New Study Shows Benefits of Male Circumcision. The following paragraphs are from the article. Women are less likely to develop cancer of the cervix. 
if their partners are circumcised men rather than men who are not circumcised, said a report in the New England Journal of Medicine. Experts believe a penis that has been circumcised is less likely to harbor, harbor excuse me, human papillomavirus, a virus associated with almost all cases of cervical cancer. Circumcision has become controversial in recent years. Its advocates in the medical community argue that it prevents urinary tract infections in male babies. It also lowers sexually transmitted infections with HPV that cause genital warts in men. Finally, penile cancer arises less often in men who were circumcised as babies. Those who do not support the use of circumcision believe that these reasons don't make up for the pain and possible mutilation it causes, as well as the occasional complications. Now a group of international researchers led by Xavier Castellagu, M.D., of the Lobregat Hospital in Barcelona, Spain, have uncovered another reason to favor circumcision. They found that women whose partners were uncircumcised were more likely to develop cancer of the cervix. You hear that, C.J.? The researchers also tested for HPV infection in the males by taking specimens from their penises. The results were matched with whether the men were circumcised. The first discovery was that men who weren't circumcised were more than twice as likely to be infected with HPV. In both groups, the chance of HPV infection increased with high-risk sexual activity, such as unprotected sex, early age of the first sexual activity, and number of partners. But even more striking was the effect on their partners. Women whose male partners were uncircumcised and had high-risk sexual behavior were two to five times more likely to develop cervical cancer. The high rate of cancer was almost certainly caused by the high rate of HPV infection in these men, end of quote. In the April 27, 2006 issue of Medical News Today under the heading, Circumcision, Fidelity, More Effective HIV Prevention Method Than Condoms, Abstinence, researchers say. The following excerpts were found. Promoting male circumcision and fidelity to one partner seems to be more effective at curbing the spread of HIV than promoting abstinence and condom use, USAID researcher and technical advisor Daniel Halperin said last week, the Chicago Tribune reports. As Halperin and other researchers analyzed 20 years of studies on HIV AIDS throughout Africa, they have tried to put aside institutions, emotions, ideologies, and look at the evidence in a cold-hearted way as we can. In comparison, faithfulness to one partner has worked at reducing HIV prevalence in Uganda and Kenya, according to Halperin. Because a person is more likely to transmit HIV during the first three weeks of contracting the virus, an HIV-positive person who has just one partner during that time is likely to pass the disease to that one person. But if an HIV-positive person in the highly infectious stage has many sexual partners at a time, the virus spreads like wildfire as those people in turn have sex with other people, Halperin said. In addition, circumcision has been shown to reduce male-to-female HIV transmission by 60% to 75%. A study published in the November 2005 issue of PLOS medicine of men living in South Africa finds that male circumcision might reduce the risk of men contracting HIV through sexual intercourse with women by about 60%. Male circumcision 
might also reduce the risk of HID transmission from HIV-positive men to their female partners, according to a study of, a, of couples in Rakai, Uganda. This was Kaiser Daily HIV-AIDS report 2-9 of 2006, end of quote. In the December 2006 issue, the International Jerusalem Post weighed in on the subject of male circumcision under the heading, Israeli Experts, Circumcision Helps Fight AIDS. The following statements are from that article. Israeli experts are urging a visiting World Health Organization team to promote circumcisions of both adults and newborns in the third world to help reduce HIV transactions, excuse me, transmission. Current research shows that 6 in 10 circumcised men are immune to HIV infection, but only about a fifth of the men around the world have been circumcised for religious, medical, or cultural reasons. A major study at Orange Farm, South Africa last year showed circumcision offered men significant protection against HIV infection equivalent to what any highly effective vaccine would have achieved. What we learned in Israel, said Farley of the WHO's Department of Reproductive Health and Research, will be useful to inform other countries interested in expanding male circumcision of babies and adults. The WHO, who doesn't have funds to subsidize this, but it can encourage countries to improve and expand circumcision services. We are especially interested in clinic-based circumcision in sub-Saharan Africa, end of quote. The following paragraphs are from a two thousand excuse me. The following paragraphs are from a December two thousand six news release published by Reuters under the headline UN urges circumcision in AIDS hit Southern Africa. AIDS stricken Southern African nations should develop a policy of mass male circumcision to fight the disease, the head of the United Nations anti AIDS agency said on Tuesday. Several recent medical studies have reported circumcision cuts the risk of HIV infection among men by 50 to 60 percent, and the findings have been backed by UN AIDS. These African countries should now prepare how to introduce circumcision on a large scale. UN AIDS Chief Dr. Peter Piat told Reuters, the science is clear. Baby boys should be targeted first. But then attention should switch to adolescent boys and adult men, said Piot, who is in New Delhi to meet Indian officials on how they plan to tackle the world's largest HIV-AIDS caseload, end of quote. This final news release, published November 6, 2006, again by Reuters, says circumcision loud and clear. The title of the release is Circumcision Cuts STD Risk, Major Study Finds. The subhead reads, 25-year study finds substantial benefit to controversial procedure, following our few excerpts. Circumcised males are less likely than their uncircumcised peers to acquire a sexually transmitted infection, the findings of a 25-year study suggest. According to the reports in the November issue of Pediatrics, circumcision may reduce the risk of acquiring and spreading such infections by up to 50%, which suggests substantial benefits for routine neonatal circumcision. The authors estimate that had routine neonatal circumcision been in place, the rate of sexually transmitted infections in the current cohort would have been reduced by roughly 48%. 
This analysis shows that the benefits of circumcision for reducing the risk of sexually transmitted infection may be substantial, the authors concluded. The public health issues raised by these findings clearly involve weighing the longer-term benefits of routine neonatal circumcision in terms of reducing risk of infection within the population against the perceived cost of the procedure, they add, end of quote. The following is a quick bullet point review of God Said Man Said's first article on this topic titled Circumcision. Birth records of 219,755 male children born in U.S. Armed Force hospitals from 1975 to 1979 were examined. It was found that the uncircumcised experienced an 1,100% higher incidence of urinary tract infections. After nine different studies were reviewed, the findings was that the uncircumcised suffered urinary tract infections 12 times more often than those who were circumcised. The uncircumcised are 800% more likely to acquire AIDS via a heterosexual relationship. In 1947, a study of 1,300 consecutive patients in a Canadian Army unit showed that being uncircumcised was associated with a nine-fold higher risk of syphilis and three times more gonorrhea. In 50,000 penal cancer cases recorded in the U.S., 49,990 were among uncircumcised men. Only 10 of those cancer victims were circumcised. 10,000 of the 50,000 penal cancer cases died as a result of the disease. Uncircumcised men have twice the incidence of prostate cancer. Later in a man's life, the uncircumcised are twice as likely to have erectile dysfunction as his circumcised counterpart. Studies have documented higher rates of cervical cancer in women who have had one or more uncircumcised partners. The benefits from male circumcision run on and on. End of quote. God's word is true and righteous altogether. For over 6,000 years, Satan's greatest carnal minds have challenged and incessantly ridiculed followers of God, but they have failed miserably every time. CJ, it's time to get on board. One last fact to remember is that God commanded the male child to be circumcised on the eighth day. Why the eighth day? On the eighth day of the human lifespan, vitamin K, which causes blood to clot, reaches its peak, the very day God commanded circumcision to be performed. God said to circumcise the male child over 40 centuries before medical science had the foggiest idea of the benefits. He commanded it to be performed on the eighth day. This is just another proof that God is. God said, Genesis 17, verses 10 through 14, This is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man-child among you shall be circumcised, and ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man-child in your generations, he that is born in the house or bought with the money of any stranger which is not of thy seed, he that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must be needs must needs be circumcised and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man-child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. Man said circumcision has no real value. In 1971, the prestigious American Academy of Pediatrics said, Circumcision may have some religious reason, but it delivers no medical benefit whatsoever. Up until that time, male circumcision was routine in America.
But now you have the record.